Today is Friday, November the 11th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, I break down tomorrow's game as South Carolina travels to the swamp to take on the Florida Gators in a pivotal SEC road matchup. Guys, again, I'll break down the game in its entirety. We'll talk top storylines, key matchups to watch, keys to the game, and I will lock in my lead pipe lock of the weekend prediction as well. Also, we've got basketball tonight at Colonial Life Arena as the Clemson Tigers come to town. A huge early season matchup in year one of Lamont Paris. Guys, I will break down this game in its entirety as well. We'll talk Clemson basketball, the top storylines in this rivalry game, their top players to watch for, keys to the game, and I will lock in my lead pipe lock of the night as well as the rivalry is renewed on the hardwood. Folks, we have got a ton to discuss here on this Friday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Price picks. Go download the Price Picks app. Go to PricePicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entries. So for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes, parlay with the over on Spencer Rattler if you like. Heck, you can play college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They also got a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Guys, so many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends over at Prize Picks, and you should We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Should as well. Go download the Price Picks app. Or go to PricePicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it.
notably said earlier this week, quote, I'm not a fan of the color orange this month. And for all of us out there, we're not a fan of the color orange ever. And as we enter the orange crush portion of the Gamecocks 2022 football season, shield your eyes, watch the games in black and white, do whatever you have to do to avoid that gaudy color. Or just tough it out. And hopefully, hopefully, watch South Carolina finish this season in style. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Friday, TGIF. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of the Spurs Up show as always, and we have got a packed show for you folks. Content bleeding out of the eyeballs. Shows like these are always special, right? Because basketball season has just now started, and this is our first show that we've had now where we have a bit of a crossover episode, if you will, in a sense, in regards to crossing over, talking about multiple sports, and that is truly when the content is endless, guys. And we have football going full speed, basketball starting up, then baseball chatter getting going in January season, starting in February as a content creator and a Gamecock fan. It's really me living the dream. It is my dream to have so much content and so many games and I truly do appreciate each and every single one of you tuning in. You guys being along for the ride, along for the journey. I cannot say thank you enough. Obviously, right now, we are in beautiful Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. First things first, guys, let's definitely say a prayer for those down in Florida. I know there's a lot of people being impacted by this hurricane, this tropical storm, if you will. A lot of people on the coast of South Carolina, thankfully, here in Hilton Head, it's just been overcast and rain, but certainly keep those in mind in the great state of Florida, anybody you might know. It should not affect the game this weekend, obviously, but uh, seen some pretty crazy images on social media, and I just wanted to highlight that. But uh, anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Yet another, another successful week on our side of things. Again, our event Wednesday, I want to say thank you to those that came out. We had a fantastic time at Carolina Cigars in Hilton Head. Obviously, you guys saw yesterday, TDC was live from the Cigar Lounge, and we are going to be doing that yet again today. So make sure you tune in to the Daily Crow. The vibes are immaculate. Not that they normally aren't, but when you're in the Cigar Lounge, smoking the stogie, talking Gamecocks, well, folks, it doesn't get much better than that. But anyways, I appreciate you all tuning in. Very excited to chat with you all here today as we get ready for kickoff tomorrow. One quick thing, by the way, just a quick reminder, of course, tomorrow, for those of you not going to Gainesville, I know there's a lot of Gamecocks that'll be heading down there ahead of that ball game. And hey, safe travels, best of luck, bring back the W. But if you are not going, I'm calling all my low country Gamecocks especially. We will be at the Carolina Alehouse in Somerville, Carolina Alehouse, Somerville, we will be there for the game. Uh, doors open at 11. Of course, kickoff is at 4 o'clock. Yours truly, we're going to plan on being there around 2.30 or so. So, again, would love to see you guys out there. going to be a really, really good time. And uh, I will have koozies for sale, guys. I unfortunately do not have 
the Beamer Ball towels in stock right now. We just put in a new order, order, excuse me. I'll have those early next week. And of course, I'll have them on hand for the Tennessee game. But uh, it's a great problem to have because you guys, you guys have uh, bought up all the inventory that I had. I thought I had enough to last the rest of the season. Turns out that was not true. So again, truly a blessing. I appreciate y'all's love on the merchandise side of the business, business but still come on out. Carolina Alehouse Somerville going to be a really good time tomorrow afternoon. For sure. Okay, let's dive into everything. Gamecocks taking on the Florida Gators 4 o'clock kickoff on the SEC Network in the Swamp. The current line in this one, South Carolina is an 8.5 point underdog. The over-under set at 58 and a half. When you look at the series, Florida leads at all time, 29-10-3. South Carolina has only won in the Swamp, guys, twice in their entire history, 2010 and 2014. Of course, the last meeting last year, South Carolina won in blowout fashion. Final score, 40-17. to 17. And what a memorable night that was, guys, at Williams-Brice Stadium. Of course, I was there. Many of you tuned in were as well. Uh, Jabari Ellis with the scoop and score. Jason Brown, the magical night he had. The wide-open touchdown catch that I know we picked at Florida at for a while for, for Josh Van. Uh, Zaquandre White's big night was just a really, really fun night and a total beatdown of Dan Mullins Gators right before he exited out of Gainesville. Now, guys, when you look at this game, let's go ahead and dive into our top storylines. You got to start with the battle of the running games. And, guys, what's so interesting is these teams, it feels like are mirror images of each other. And when I talked to, you know, I went on Stadium and Gale on Monday. Shout out to those guys. But I went on that Florida Gators podcast, and it's so funny, I, I was – I was expressing my frustrations or my concerns about our football team, right? Some of the different things that have happened over the course of the season. And they stopped me and they said, Chris, are you sure you don't cover the Florida Gators? Because everything you're saying is like the same concerns that we have. And both these teams, they love to run the football. Obviously, on the South Carolina side of things, you hope and pray that Marshawn Lloyd is back. Fingers crossed. He will return for the game. Christian Beal Smith, what Jaheim Bell did in the backfield last weekend. South Carolina wants to run the ball. There is no question. Then you look at Florida. Uh, they may even emphasize it even more with Anthony Richardson in the run game, 6.6 yards per carry. That is number one amongst quarterbacks right now. They've got Montrell Johnson back there. they got ETN, which we all know that name from his, bro his brother playing at Clemson. Uh, guys, they're averaging over 200 yards per game on the ground. And get this statistic, which you've probably heard me say it already this week, so not to sound like a broken record, but it's a very intriguing statistic for sure. Florida, when rushing for 210 or more yards, is 5-0 and this season. When they do not hit that 210-yard mark, they are 0-4. So running the football, pivotal for Florida, and when they're able to run it with success, they typically win. At least that's what the numbers tell us. Uh, guys, sticking with the trends, another big storyline in this one is the turnovers. And you look at Florida, a team that early on struggled due to Anthony Richardson turning the football over, right? He was not very good early in the season. Florida has not turned the football over in their last three ball games. So I think you can look at that and say, is Florida due to have a big turnover game? Are they just playing much, much better football? And it's going to be really tough to be opportunistic and generate those turnovers you're used to getting. And then you look at South Carolina, guys. Again, I'm beating it into your skull, but it's a statistic that matters in this ball game. South Carolina, 6-0 and when they force a turnover, 0-3 
when they do not. So a lot of trends in this game, because guys, you look at what point we're at in the season right now. And, you know, early in the season, you can write things off as well. There's just, you know, there, there, there's not enough, uh, it, there's not enough of a sample size to really know if that, if that statistic is true or what have you. At this point in the season, I kind of feel like you just are who you are, right? Like your identity is pretty well established. There's a recipe for Florida to win. There's a recipe for South Carolina to win. So trends like that, I think, do matter, and they are great indicators. And I just wonder, though, I just wonder, which one is more likely to be snapped and that team still win, right? Florida rushing for less than 210 yards and winning, or South Carolina not forcing a turnover and winning. I tend to lean to the Florida side of that argument that conversation but turnovers certainly guys will be a huge storyline in this game also guys speaking of the recipe for south carolina to win this ball game tomorrow afternoon another big storyline in this one's beamer ball and the impact that special teams plays in this game i mean guys you look at the game cox again i believe now they are ranked second in the country in block punts one of the best in the country in overall returns kickoff returns special teams could play another huge role in this ball game and again guys the recipe for carolina opportunistic takeaways and big special teams plays or at least winning that facet of the game. Heck, we saw it last weekend, right? In Nashville, the Kai Kroger to Tonka Hemingway pass. Does Beamer Ball show up yet again? Because I don't know that we're all ready to sit here and say, you know what? We trust this offense to go mano a mano with Florida and win this thing straight up. Does Beamer Ball show itself how big of a play or how big of an impact the special teams play in this ball game tomorrow afternoon? Guys, another big storyline for me, Winning in the swamp and why I think it should not be taken for granted, right? You know, I, I thought it was kind of interesting or just even a little bit confusing. How many South Carolina fans looked at this season and looked at this game and sort of just wrote it up as an easy W? And guys, I understand Billy Napier is a first-year head coach, and and I understand that, you know, Florida's not great this year, right? They're five and four. They're a flawed football team. They're inconsistent, just like us. They've got deficiencies, if you will, things they're trying to figure out. But South Carolina has never had great success in the Swamp. Again, they've only won there twice, 2010 and 2014. So just to just think that South Carolina is going to waltz into the Swamp and get an easy W and ho-hum, no big deal, whatever – I, I think it's a fallacy. I think it's a flawed method of thinking. Uh, you know, four o'clock kick, it's a sellout. It's senior day for them. It will be a raucous environment. I would argue it will be the most electric environment the Gamecocks have played into this point. So it would be a massive win. I think you look at Shane Beamer, Billy Napier, which is actually on my list. My next storyline here, uh, I, I think this is a huge game for these two coaches. You know, Shane Beamer getting that win last year. I think you look at it, that was kind of the signature win for Beamer in year one. I don't know that that'll really be the case for Billy Napier. Unfortunately, guys, I think Florida fans look at this game the way we look at Kentucky. Like, Florida looks at South Carolina as a game. They feel like they should win it every single year. But for Shane Beamer to get the W last year, and I remember talking after that game why it meant so much, right? And while you're trying to climb this SEC East ladder and you're trying to elevate your program, right? And you're recruiting against every other SEC school, especially a school like Florida where you're going into the state of Florida, and nabbing some of the top talent out of there. Winning in this series and having the upper hand, you know, if Shane Beamer can all of a sudden win this game tomorrow and you look at it and all of a sudden say, well, that's a team that Shane Beamer just has their number, right? Even Will Muschamp had team's number. Heck, he had Tennessee's number, both at Florida and South Carolina, right? So 
I think you look at this, a great opportunity for Shane Beamer to establish, you know, one time you can write it as a one-off. You win two in a row against Florida, all of a sudden it starts to become a trend. You start to build even more momentum going into next year. So I think this matchup between Beamer, Napier, and then again, to do it on the road in the swamp, the historical significance, I think it would mean a lot to the Gamecocks football program. And it would be a huge boost, guys. I mean, obviously, you know, you're coming off a win, you beat Vandy, but I think a lot of fans still have that that nasty taste in their mouth left over from that Missouri game. This game, winning this one would go a long way in, in righting some of the wrongs, if you will, from that Mizzou game just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, guys, and a big storyline for me. So what, now what? And when I say that, what I mean is, is the mentality of this football team, right? And I don't want to harp on this too much because I think this football team will be ready to play. However, I said that going into the Missouri game. And you saw the Gamecocks, it felt like they came out flat, or at least we assumed, right? Then you had Zach Pickens go up to the podium and say that, well, you know, we felt like we had arrived at five and two. You know, we felt like we just, we got a little comfortable, right? We listened to the outside noise. We were ranked 25th. And you know what? I only bring that up, guys. I, I wouldn't be bringing this up otherwise, but when you have a player go in front of the podium and so willingly say that, right? I think when you look at South Carolina, what their mentality is and the way they attack this ball game, I think it's something to watch. I think it's something to look for. Hey, the Gamecocks are bowl eligible now. And you and I would both agree, right? Like you haven't made it because you're six and three. You haven't made it because you're bowl eligible. But that is the challenge that Shane Beaver has. Making sure his team is up to play. Making sure his team is excited and attacking the game the right way. And again, I know it sounds crazy, the fact that I'm talking about this, but after watching the game against Mizzou, a game in which it was a home game, it was homecoming, you had a chance to win five in a row, you had a chance to vault yourself in the top 20, how could you not be fired up for that game either, guys? Like, like I, I don't understand how you couldn't. So it's almost like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking anything for granted, if you will. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not assuming anything, I should say. I'm not assuming anything in regards to the mentality and, and, and how these players are thinking, right? So what is the mentality, right? Are you able to flush the success you had against Fandy? Are you able to block out the fact that, hey, we're bowl eligible and who cares? So what, now what? Right. And I could say too, like if you can't get fired up for this one to go to Florida, play in the swamp, play in front of that raucous environment, I, you simply don't have a pulse. Right. But I, I'll be very curious to see how the South kind of come out of the gate. Right. They need a fast start in this ball game. What is the overall mentality of the football team? Again, I, I would expect South Carolina to respond the right way. But after the Mizzou game, I, I, I'm a little curious. I'm a little curious to see what it looks like. Guys, my final top storyline is this. The beginning of the Orange Crush, right? This is a huge part of the schedule. Florida, Tennessee, and Clemson. And for those of us who, and many of you out there, grew up watching the Gamecocks, and this is how the schedule normally set up, right? Tennessee, Florida, Clemson. Florida, Tennessee, Clemson, whatever. The Orange Crush, as it's been called for so long. You'd love to see South Carolina crush some orange, obviously, in these last couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, Shane Beamer made a great point earlier this week. They remember November, right? If you can go three and one in this month, God forbid you go four and oh, if you can go three and one in this month, folks will forget or at minimum forgive a lot of the early season struggles, right? Because it's not really about how you start. It's about how you finish, right? Because this is when you should be seeing the best version of your football team. 
This is when you should be playing your best football, right? There, there's no excuses in regards to it. And that, that's why the Satterfield comment about the offense is still molding. Like, that's why that was such a ridiculous comment. Because, guys, at this point, you are who you are. And you should be the best version of yourself, bottom line, at this point. So, the Orange Crush beginning would be a huge tone setter to get this win in Gainesville, obviously. Set up that big home matchup, the night game against Tennessee. But there is a lot of opportunity in this final three-week stretch against three of your biggest opponents on the schedule. Guys, let's move into key matchups to watch in this ball game. We'll first start the battle of the quarterback, Spencer Rattler against Anthony Richardson. Guys, like I mentioned earlier, the turnovers, right? And both of these guys, at times, have been very turnover-prone. Now, Anthony Richardson has been much better of late has not thrown an interception in his last three games. You then look at Spencer Rattler coming off his most efficient day as a Gamecock thus far. Three touchdowns, no picks. I think we finally saw the best version of Spencer Rattler. So, guys, I think a lot of this game could come down to who protects the football? Which quarterback does a better job of protecting the ball? Because I think for the most part, most likely both teams are going to be able to run the football, right? I think both teams will have success on the ground. So, when these teams have to throw, when these offenses are forced to win through the air, which quarterback is better? Which quarterback is more efficient? Which quarterback is more successful? And which quarterback does a better job of taking care of the football? Guys, my second key matchup, Clayton White against Rob Sale, the Florida Gators offensive coordinator. How does Clayton White scheme against a guy like Anthony Richardson in that Florida running game in an offense that is really starting to click, right? You look at the Gators offensively, things are starting to work out. Anthony Richardson obviously can beat you in a multitude of ways. You look at Johnson, you look at Etienne in the backfield. I know they've got some injuries at wide receiver, but they've got playmakers on the outside as well. So I'll be really curious to see how Clayton White schemes, especially after a really rough game in Nashville against Vandy, man, giving up over 200 yards of rushing to Vanderbilt. I was sitting there asking myself, like, is Vandy elite on the offensive line? Did, did I miss something? Did I miss something there? So how does Clayton White scheme this thing up? Florida is more than capable of putting up 30-plus. What does Clayton White do to stop that? And my final key matchup, guys, is this back to the Gamecocks offensive side. Antoine Wells Jr. against the great defensive back for the Gators, Jaden Hill. And again, Hill will be one of their shutdown guys. Antoine Wells Jr., you know, every Thursday when I have J.C. Sherbert on, he talks about this. That Antoine Wells is the guy that he just cannot understand why he does not get the football more. And I tend to agree with him, right? I mean, you look at Antoine Wells in the game against Vandy, you look at him every single time, right? That 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 he's got touches, he's had a lot of success, especially down the field. I think you got to go to Wells in this one because you will have to throw the football at some point, right? I think you got to go to Wells in this one early and often. Get your playmakers in space. Get the ball in the hands of your best players. Antoine Wells is certainly one of the best. And Jaden Hill, a fantastic corner for the Gators. That will be a fun matchup to watch on the outside. Guys, let's dive into our keys to the game. First key, eliminate the quarterback run game, right? You've got to take something away. You've got to take something away. And we've seen this already this season, guys. Georgia State, you think of Arkansas, Right, South Carolina's gone against some quarterbacks who could do a little bit of both, especially the game. You know, I, I don't equate Anthony Richardson to KJ Jefferson, but the styles 
are somewhat similar, right? So you've got to take that quarterback run game away. You've got to at least limit the run game in some capacity. If you can't, it's going to be a very, very, very long day, right? Setting the edge, you need elite linebacker play, need elite play from guys like Gilbert Edmond, Jordan Birch. You need Brad Johnson flying around. Sherrod Green's got to play much better. Debo Williams, Stone Blanton. So you need those guys active. Got to limit the quarterback run game from Anthony Richardson. Guys, my second key to the game, get creative. Stay creative. And, of course, I'm talking South Carolina's offense. We saw it early, right? We saw it early. Marcus Satterfield or whoever the hell was calling the plays, the play calling looked just night and day different, right, with the trick plays and the downfield passing and the different motions and stuff like that, just some of the things, the wrinkles they threw in there. I understand you're going to devise a game plan based off the opponent you're going up against. But, um, you know, a lot of what you did last weekend – it needs to be copy and pasted into this game, at minimum from the creativity side of things. So get creative, stay creative. Don't let there be a lull in the game as well. Marcus Satterfield's got a really bad habit of he'll get a lead and then get conservative. Stick with the game plan, get creative, stay creative, keep your foot on the gas pedal because, again, I think it's going to take a fair number of offensive points to win this football game. And my final key to the game, guys, is this. Follow the trends. I, I I think the trends, guys, like I mentioned earlier, at this point in the season, those trends are trends for a reason. If you force a turnover, there is a very good chance you are going to win the football game. The trends say there's a 100% chance. How about this one as well? In games where Jaheim, Jaheim Bell touches the ball four times or more, South Carolina is undefeated. Might be a good idea to get number zero the football. So also the trends of Florida, 5-0 and when they run it for 210-plus, 0-4 when they don't. If you stop the run, you're probably going to have a lot of success. So again, my three keys to the game, guys, are this. Eliminate the quarterback run game. Get creative, stay creative, and follow the trends. You do those three things, I think you got a great shot to win this game. Guys, let's dive into our prediction, better known as our lead pipe. Lock of the weekend brought to you by our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. A1 Air Quality Consultants is giving corporate services for working man prices. They have over 20 years in the mold industry and 10 years in the asbestos industry. They use the most modern scientific technology for highly accurate results, and they perform the following services. Mold testing air and surface allergen testing air for pollen, dust, etc., asbestos testing in building materials, asbestos air testing to make sure it's not airborne, air monitoring services during abatement projects, and E. coli testing surface and water. Guys, for more information, give them a call today at 864-619-2092. That's 864-619-2092. You can also find them on Twitter at A1 Air Quality 1 and on Instagram at A1 Air Quality Consultants. For any other questions, Head to their website at a1airqualityconsultants.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. What is this Florida team? You know, I said over the summer that Florida was one of the greatest mysteries in the SEC under first-year head coach Billy Napier. And I stand by that statement going into this ballgame. You look at the Gators starting 22, and I think they can damn near compete with anybody in the SEC. It's the depth issues that are killing him early on in his tenure. You look at South Carolina guys 
as I've said before, and I'll say again, there is a very simple recipe for success for this group. Opportunistic takeaways, beamer ball, and then just enough offense to get the job done. And I said it way back before this five-game stretch, right? I said it the week of the Kentucky game. When Carolina took on Kentucky, Texas A&M, Vandy, Missouri, and Florida. That the next five opponents South Carolina played. The good news was this. They're just as flawed and inconsistent as you are. And that is certainly true in this game tomorrow. Like I said earlier, you know, talking with the Florida guys. I was I was expressing my concerns and and my frustrations with what's going on this season and they could have sworn I was talking about the Gators. I truly do view this one as a coin flip game. I I really do believe it could go either way. Both of these teams win in a similar fashion. Both of these teams you could almost say are sort of mirror images of each other. Now I do believe there are there are there are facets of this game that South Carolina should have the upper hand, right? Like, I think the Gamecocks have the better defense. I think that goes without saying. Florida has struggled mightily on the defensive side. So this should be a good opportunity for the Gamecocks offense to build off of what they did in Nashville a week ago. Is it more of that creativity and and downfield passing and getting the ball in the hands of your playmakers? Or does Marcus Satterfield turn back into Marcus Satterfield? Both teams should be able to run the football, which also takes me to the Gamecocks defense, speaking of that game in Vandy. You know, you look at that one, the way you were struggling to stop the run. Do you write that off as a one-off? Or is that something that should be of great concern going in this game tomorrow? The trends are the trends for a reason. South Carolina must be opportunistic defensively. They must slow down the run enough to get Anthony Richardson in passing situations. And they've got to hope, they've got to hope that Anthony Richardson sort of reverts back to his early season form in which he was just giving the football away, it seemed. On the offensive side for South Carolina, what's the status of Marshawn Lloyd? I think that is a huge storyline in this game. And if he's not able to go, is South Carolina able to get the running game going with guys like Jaheim Bell yet again, Christian Beal Smith, Juju McDowell, et cetera, et cetera? Do we see more wrinkles with someone like Dak Joyner in the backfield? Right, Some direct snap stuff to some of your running backs. That creativity, the downfield passing that we saw from a week ago. I think this is a higher scoring game, guys, as I indicated on Wednesday when I took the over in this ball game. And I feel like these two teams are very evenly matched. South Carolina has struggled in the swamp all throughout their history. I've been a Florida lean all week. For those of you who have been tuning into my content, heck, I was put on the spot on Monday on that Florida Gators podcast. I think this is a very close, competitive, back-and-forth ball game. I really do. I think both teams 
have success on the ground, right? I think both teams will have success on the ground. So I think one of the differentiating factors in this game could be which quarterback plays better. And so it comes down to a game of, well, which quarterback and which offense do I trust more? And while, you know, watching South Carolina do what they did against Vandy was fun, that second half was concerning when you were outscored 13-7 to by the Commodores. And I just don't know that I'm ready to trust Marcus Satterfield in this offense that they will show up and do what it takes, right? Because, again, you're going to have to score 30-plus, in my opinion, to win this game. You know, Vanderbilt was able to run for 200-plus against you. I I don't think you're going to be able to slow down Florida and that three-headed monster they have. I think Anthony Richardson in the run game will pose problems. Uh, You know, if you get Florida in some passing situations, it bodes well because that's going up against your strength. Unfortunately, I I don't think there'll be in many of those situations. I think Florida will have a lot of success on the ground. And also, guys, I think being at the Swamp, that gives the edge to the Gators. I think it's a really close back-and-forth game, and you can flip-flop this score any which way. But, guys, for my lead pipe lock of the weekend, brought to you by our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants, I am siding with the Florida Gators. Give me Florida 34, South Carolina 30. Again, I think it's a very back-and-forth game. I think it's a fourth-quarter game. This might be a game where it comes down to Whoever has the ball last wins, but I do think it's a high-scoring affair. And, guys, again, I I just – the win over Vandy was great, but that's not enough for me. And you know what? This team has found ways to win this year relying on special teams and relying on opportunistic takeaways – but those are things that come and go, right? Those are things – it's it's, you can't really depend on those things on a weekend – Week out basis. And so for that reason, I, I don't think South Carolina will get the breaks they need. I, I don't think the Gamecocks on the road uh, will be able to bank on those things so heavily for that reason. Again, I've got Gators 34, Gamecocks 30 for my lead pipe lock of the weekend. So guys, would love to hear from you all your thoughts, your predictions. How do you think South Carolina is going to fare in this game tomorrow. Guys, let's move off football and into basketball really quickly before we do. Of course, want to tell you about our friends over at Carolina Cigars. Guys, Carolina Cigars has been in operation since 2008, recently taken over by the Peterson family in 2020. Now, whether you're new to the cigar scene or whether you've been enjoying cigars your entire life, Carolina Cigars has the expertise and knowledge to make your visit to their shop enjoyable stop by for a fine cigar and experience their classic cigar lounge where people come together share conversations and become friends so if you're into cigars you're on hilton head island you really do need to come by and visit them they offer same day shipping nationwide free delivery island wide for weddings and all special occasions they're also proud to offer premium cigars at nine outside humidor locations around hilton head island And they also have special events throughout the year as well. They want to talk to you. They want to engage. They want to share with you their cigar selection that they're very proud of and their beautiful cigar lounge. So when you're in the low country, there's only one place for cigars. That's Carolina Cigars, Hilton Head Island's premier cigar merchant. Come and share your passion. It's all at Carolina Cigars. You can find them on Instagram at at Carolina underscore cigars. That's at Carolina underscore cigars. Or give them a call today, 843 681 8600, that's 843-681-8600. Smoke them if you got them and tell them that Chris 
from the Spurs Up show sent you. All right. Hey, I know we're in the heat of football, but man, basketball season, what a way to start the year. Obviously, this game much earlier than normal. Normally, these two teams playing, you know, mid-December, but here it is, Gamecocks and Clemson, the rivalry renewed on the hardwood, a 7 o'clock tip-off on SEC Network Plus, which I tell you what, I mean, I understand, right, that football is going on. But for this game to be on SEC Network Plus, I mean, it just, it really goes to show you uh, where basketball sits on the totem pole in regards to priority list for, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know we all care, but it, it's just crazy to me that a men's basketball game, Carolina Clemson, can't even find its way on a normal TV network. Just absolutely crazy. You take a look at Clemson, 1-0. They beat Citadel in their first game of the season. Their head coach is Brad Brownell, who was brought back this season. I, I was really surprised. The Gamecocks fired Frank Martin. Clemson kept Brownell. Really surprising move. But either way, uh, I think this is obviously a make-or-break year for Brad Brownell up there in Tigertown. Guys, let's move to top storylines. Of course, Lamont Paris's first robbery game. This is a game that Frank Martin struggled in, and I think the fan base, you know, part of the reason a lot of folks are ready to move on from Frank Martin, part of it was this game. Because let, let's call it for what it is, right? Football moves the needle. Football is king. I don't think South Carolina fans, I don't think we have crazy expectations of basketball, but beating Clemson more often than you lose to them that that's something that needs to happen on the hardwood. So I'll be very, you know, it's always, it's always uh, intriguing to see how a head coach handles his first rivalry game. You know, how he takes, this is obviously a huge game. So important to so many people. So it'll be a lot of fun to watch just how Lamont Paris carries himself in his first game against the Tigers. Also guys, another big storyline. What is the status of Michi Johnson? The guard uh, had an issue in that game against SC state went out a couple of times. They are evaluating him. Not sure if he will be able to go tonight. If he cannot, that is a huge loss for South Carolina. Guys, another big storyline for me. What does Hayden Brown, the Citadel transfer, by the way, what does Hayden Brown do for an encore? 21 points, in the season opener, I think he's been going to be one of those core guys for the Gamecocks. Uh, again, what does he do against better competition? I'll be really intrigued to see. Also, guys, the big storyline, Bozeman's Verdonk, the big man, as you saw in the first game, big men down low is an issue. Josh Gray, really your only option down there, does the return of a Bozeman's Verdonk. Does that help the issues down low? Is he able to give you more of a post presence? And my final storyline, guys, is this. Can Gigi Jackson carry the Gamecocks to a big early season win? Because, guys, as we all know, this season, this team's going to go as far as Gigi Jackson takes them. I mean, bottom line. It, if he's not playing well, I don't see South Carolina having much of a chance in a lot of their games this year. So what does Gigi do in this ballgame? Obviously, he's a hometown kid. You know this Carolina-Clemson game is going to mean a lot to him. I'm sure he's going to want to put on a show in front of probably a lot of friends and family as well, seeing as the game is at CLA. Let's move to Clemson players to watch for, guys. Their top scorers in the other night against Citadel, Chase Hunter, Ian Shefflin, Hunter Tyson. You take a look. Those guys had 23, 20, and 19 points, respect respectively. Also, Brevin Galloway, another big player for them, somebody to watch for as well. Clemson with some talent, but they're certainly in a bit of a rebuild mode as well. And I, again, I, I would be shot if this wasn't Brad Brownell's final season and Clemson. When you look at the keys to the game for this game, guys, number one, win at the rim, right? Win down low. Again, that's why it's so big to get the return of Bozeman's Verdant. Get those second chance points. My second key, 
get GG going, man. Uh, again, this team's going to go as far as GG Jackson takes them. That includes in this ball game tonight. And my final key is this, feed the home crowd, guys. In a rivalry game like this, such a big game, should be a nice crowd at the CLA. I know a lot of folks are probably going to be on the road for the football game, but I would expect still in this rivalry game, that place will be packed out. Hey, ride the momentum. We all know how big of a deal home court advantage is uh, in college basketball. Guys, let's move into my lead pipe lock of the night. Yes, another lead pipe lock. Two lead pipe locks here on this Friday. Brought to you by our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. You take a look at this game, guys. A lot of question marks on both sides, right? And I'll be honest with you. We just simply put, don't know a lot about either basketball team. Clemson struggled to an 11-point win over Citadel. Carolina beat South Carolina State by three points. And I know many folks out there want to be positive and don't want to come down on Lamont Paris after game one. But a three-point win over SC State is, is a reason to be concerned. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's a reason to at least start sweating a little bit and saying, hmm, right? And the expectations are astronomically low for this season. Just don't finish last and beat Clemson. That, that's one of them, right? You've got the greatest player or the greatest prospect you've ever pulled in on your roster. It would be a damn shame not to be able to get a victory over the Tigers in the process while you have him in school. And I think the Gamecocks will do that. I think a big night from G.G. Jackson, this is personal for him. He's from the area. He's going to be taking this rivalry personally. I think the trio of Michi Johnson, Hayden Brown, and G.G. Jackson will do enough to carry the Gamecocks to victory in a really close game. Lock me in. I've got South Carolina 74, Clemson 71. Again, I think it's a really fun back-and-forth game, but I think the Gamecocks will have just enough to get the W, and what a big W to be. And what a great start to the weekend it'll be, by the way, to take down the Clemson Tigers on your home floor. Guys, that's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much again for the love, for the support. By the way, I want to shout out Cody in Gainesville. Cody in Gainesville, I just remember we had Cody come by the tailgate earlier this season, told me, hey, man, I'm a Gamecock fan. I live in Gainesville, Florida. I'll be at the game. Do you mind shouting me out? I said, heck no, Cody, you got to put up with it all year. You got to put up with the Gators. Hey, Cody, give them hell this weekend, my guy. I appreciate you, the love, the support, and all the Gamecocks down there in Gator country. Y'all be safe. My Rippers, I know y'all are going. Y'all be safe as well. Hey, have a good time. Go eat some food, drink some drink at Spurrier's Restaurant. Why not? And again, bring the noise, Beamer Ball to the freaking moon, and make sure you bring home that W with you. Guys, that's going to do all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much, and I'll leave you with this. Go Cox, beat Florida, and beat Clemson, and we'll talk to you all on Monday. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.